Hello and welcome <laughs> to Motor Cult episode 16. Wait, I'm restart? your host, Eric Berger. <laughs> no, we can't restart. This is not how that works. I am joined, as always, by Ryan Sinitsky. How are Hello. you, sir? Hello there. <laughs> I am fantastic. Was that the electric boogaloo? Is that what I heard? Just no, that here? was our uh, guest. That was the cool who, intro music. Um, I don't... Who is this? I guess we should introduce him. <laughs> On the podcast as our guest this week is my friend Josh Y of... Let's let's way? let's say that correctly. Way? It's highway. Hi, it's Josh Highway oh, no, of Dynamic just way. Just Dynamic way. Photo Works. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? I'm good. Fabulous. So, Josh, we usually start off these episodes with a segment called beer, yes. and uh, it's going to be a little confusing for you. But basically, I we just thought, drink beer. Th- I thought I was coming on to talk about the royal wedding. Um, yeah, you That's can not, not do that. No, that, that was be, that was my. Mm. No, do you want me no. to pull it up on the TV? Is it still happening? Do you, do you want me to? So. We can do the royal. Did wedding. it happen? We will, it already happened. Okay, cool. Then we're good. <laughs> it's it's an will, event that's in the past and it has happened. We right, will fine. do the royal wedding in the background while I talk about that would be pre-war lovely. cars exclusively. <laughs> All right, that that is pre-war bell just went insane. We won't be doing that. Bell. You guys need to catch me up to speed. What's the bell? If he makes a pre-war reference, you ring the bell, and that's supposed to jerk him back into reality okay, okay. violently. I, at least once an episode, it happens. I didn't realize there were any good pre-war cars. Uh, you see, that's where you're wrong, boyo. Um, anyway, so let's talk about. The oh, spear. there's a train. Choo-choo, oh, motherfucker. there's a train. Oh, look at the train. Oh, it's so cool. Oh, it's adorable. All right, cool. Anyway, um, um, so, Josh, beer. When we, we do this beer, beer section, beer. yeah, yeah Ryan's going to lead us through it. This is Zombie Dust. It is a pale ale from not Minnesota, from Munster, Indiana. Ooh, Munster. Yes, not Muncie, Indiana, where I have a Excellent timeshare. transmissions. I have a timeshare in Muncie. Um, wow. Yes. That's like an all-new form of name-dropping. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a condo in Naples, Florida. Three <laughs> Floyd's <laughs> Brewing. Uh, one of the guys from Surly here in Minnesota, which actually we have not had any of their beers, even though they're the most well-known Minnesota craft beer brewery. Well, maybe when they realize what they're missing out on, they can give me a beer. So. Exactly. Yes. They can email me. Um, anyway, so I'm going to crack this wink, open. Wink, nudge, it is nudge, a Surly. pale ale, not a IPA, which is great. Um... <laughs> So let me give it an open. That right. sounded pretty good. It sounded decent. I, I, I will admit to being a little slow on the gain there. It's all right. Plus, we have a train in the background, so yeah. they, that gain would be horrible sounding. It's almost soothing. It's actually shaking. I, I know. I love trains. Trains are great. That's what she said. I, I have a weird thing for trains in the same way I have a weird thing for oh, war cars. Before I was into cars... <laughs> I had to bell myself. That, Ryan did it to himself. Yes, Before I, I was into cars, I was actually into locomotives because I thought they were super rad, and I still do. Yeah, they are. They're just really cool. Anyway. Anyway, let's drink this beer. Yes, let's. Hmm, that tastes like beer. Actually, that tastes more like a pale ale than the last it pale ale we like had. It tastes like amazingly so I'm sorry, flavorful what's the point of this segment, though? You guys just, just to drink beer on. Okay. We are always so we don't drinking feel like beer. Drunks. Okay. And so, since we're always drinking beer here, um, I... Perhaps if we get enough listeners that would like it, might get somebody else on who's a beer expert and do like a hop calls or something and do like a beer based podcast. Yeah, Josh, what are you drinking? I have a Bell's Two Hearted, which is from Michigan. It's kind of my go to. Um, I like I really, the Oktoberfest at Bell's. It's I good. don't really drink a lot of beer. I'd say I drink more. But when you do, you I drink thought you were going to be. Me, but I drink more wine than beer. No, it's totally fine. I was going to say you said you were going to be bringing us Liney Kugel's watermelon shandy. That was a joke. Yeah, I was hoping like it was because that is the worst beer, beer ever. That is so. <laughs> awful. Any of those summer themed mm. beers are kind of like 
Just stay away. You're better off. Limerita, though? I mean, uh, Bud Light Limerita. Mm. Okay, so our beer uh, segment has been tainted by macro breweries. I think that this is fine and dandy. I really think this should be branded closer to an IPA, even though it's not. It tastes more IPA-ish than I it don't does think pale so. ale-ish. I think it's a pale ale. You know, I it mean, tastes more, more like an EPA than it does like I a guess, yeah, a, an EPA, yeah, because it's not quite an IPA. But, yeah, it's it, it, it definitely, I think the branding of pale ale is not accurate. It's a bit of a misnomer. Yeah, I agree. it is. Um, but it, it's fine and dandy. I'm just, I still I was I think this is good. It. Yeah, Maybe it's because we started off with an IPA. It, but. Is, it is good. But, yeah, so it's just been hop attack in my mouth all day, which I hate. And I cannot wait to go to Artworld later, go to Bauhaus, and drink myself stupid on the Slawhammer that they have there, which is actually uh, one of my favorite beers. I'm going to a bachelor party after this in Red Wing. And oh, that I, sounds horrible. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not going to that. I know. Thank God I don't know that person. I yeah. like Red Wing, though. Red Wing's, Red Wing's cool. an interesting town. They make town. fine and dandy shoes. Mainly, and that's the end of it. I don't know what I should drive down there. Oh, Ferrari. Oh, you're spoiled for choice. No, I'm no so my, sorry. Right, so my, my default... My my default for you is always the most ridiculous car that you no, could use no, for that situation, pause, pause which would be a Ferrari. I, I've got my eyes on a beautiful beige uh, Lexus. Um, that's not beige. Oh, the ES330? That's it's Desert called. San Mica. That is Desert San Mica. And I really think that should be the car of choice. So. That thing is very comfortable. It currently has a classical music station playing on the radio, Ooh. and I have no idea how to change it. So it's just the classical <laughs> Nor do you care. Just stuck no, I like channel. this. is fine. This yeah, is fine. This is good. <laughs> you know, th- that's the... For that exact situation is why I have my Cressida. I think that's the default on a Lexus, though, is that that's the default station. Yeah, Nakamichi's are just it, too it into just, 89.3. Scans. Exactly. Er, no, no, 99.5. They know their target yeah, market. Yeah. It just it scans for whatever sounds like classical music. <laughs> right. Yeah, when you hit scan, it's just... It just defaults. Yeah. And <laughs> if you don't get that, it'll be whatever weird religious station in rural America is currently oh, playing the no. Gregorian chant. Um, <laughs> or the uh, the Monty Python, the B A A S U D O M I N E. Oh, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. play that one. <laughs> the Flangelists? Sure, that. Well, that's what they're called. They're called Flangelists. All right, that is not beer related. Let's move no, on. I um, want to talk about Josh's Josh. cars and. Josh, no, you, I want to talk about who he is, why he's well, into cars, yes. why he's here first. Then we can talk about his car. Then we can talk about the typical questions. Sounds good. So what's the first question? Uh, who, who are you? Yeah, who are you? Why <laughs> are you here? Well, I am here specifically actually because I think I bribed you into... No, not really. I get bribed a lot, so that's probably it. No, I I'm was, like was going to... We're working on a little video thing with Eric today, but also I'm a photographer. Um... I do. But you didn't choose your first and last name for your photo company. Uh, What's the name of your photo company? It is. Yeah, no. So I think we came up with that about 10 years ago now. Well, it says on your patch 2009. Nine years ago. Nine years ago. Uh, Liar. Dang it. You got your own facts. (laughs) We can have alternative facts. We pretty much made it up because I I didn't really want to have to explain my name to everyone with Josh Way Photography. Josh Highway Photography? No, Josh Way. How do you spell that? That makes sense. Yeah. So I just, uh, we came up with a name instead. It's Dynamic Photoworks. And uh, it doesn't really mean anything other than hopefully people know it's photo related because it's got photo in the name. I did actually put um, that one together. Yeah, and, and I knew the name and before dynamic, I knew you. And you, you also spelled PhotoWorks with an E, so yeah, I imagine yeah. it's European Carbist. Well, I think somehow, this is stupid, but somehow like MotorWorks BMW was like so cool to me at the time. They spelled it with an E, and I was like, oh, maybe I should do it like they spell it. I don't think it's European. I think it's just, just well, it is kind of European. Is it, it pompous, is, though? Because if it's not pompous, I'm not in. 
I don't know. But it, it, oh, that, anytime you spell works with an E, it's okay, the most good. pompous right, thing you can do. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's a pompous that's thing. That's what we chose, and that's what I've been running with. And I came up with this patch on my arm because I wanted Because this is an audio podcast, let me describe as Josh it's, talks. It is a circular it's patch a circular on his patch. right arm that has dynamic photo works in the with middle. With my name. It is broken up by his name on the yeah, lower so of two lines, framing the dynamic photo works in the yeah. center. The dynamic is bolded. The photo works is in a Helvetica light or something. The bottom has a year of inception, and the top has EST. TB established with a period at the end. Yes, so end. now that you visually can see that yourself. Set the stage. Yes, um, it's very yeah, important. So I just wanted to associate my name it's a little bit. It's also a slate gray t-shirt because with I was tired white of, ink. I was tired of meeting people at uh, car shows and being like, oh, you're Josh White. Oh, Dynamic Photo Works. You so should like, just change your legal name to Dynamic First Name Photo Works. That would be actually hmm. a pretty good idea. Hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's me. I want to I... change my name to Leonard Bernstein so I can Nobody cares. Josh, me. please just talk over him. It's good. <laughs> um, yeah, so I shoot photos and I started doing car stuff when I moved to the Twin Cities, like 2009. Where were you before that? So, I grew up in Northern Minnesota, okay. up on what they call. So you moved da, to Minnesota from Northern Minnesota. Yeah, it's a very different place. I didn't realize it was a different state. It's called the Iron Range. And I am familiar uh, with it. I drive through a part of that to go to Grand Marais. It, well, Grand Marais is not the, so like hardcore like. Boundary waters, people. Yeah, I know you're further in west and north. Yeah, north, yeah, we're Ely's at the end done. of the road. So that's kind of like um, my first car. I think we're going to talk about this later, but my first car was a mini. No, you talk about it now. And uh, it was like the only mini in town. And we, I definitely actually had like peer pressure. And um, uh, yeah, people like they didn't like me because they're hazing you for having a mini. Right. Because it was like the thing all high school kids had to have trucks. And if you didn't, you were less of a human being. So like for me to have so you a, a grew little up with a lot of import, yeah, exactly, a hundred percent. But they, but but when they're all ganged up against you, what can I do other than run away and cry? So I That's didn't fair. do that. But did oh. you have your hair covering one of your eyes and? No, that, that, that like was never me. I always, I always had a, a tidy haircut. But <laughs> Josh Emo works. Yes. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, no, no, no. So my question is, did uh, photo, did photography come first or cars? They actually kind of went hand in hand a little bit. I started to get into cars when Mini released um, their first car in 2001 um, in the European market, and then 2002 in the U.S. And okay. I just had first modern car. The first, yeah, the first modern BMW Mini. There you go. Um, when BMW first released when, the when Mini. When BMW bought it with in the Mercedes sourced engine. Yes. That yeah, one. with into uh, Chrysler. It was Chrysler. Chrysler transmission, I think. No, it was a Chrysler, Chrysler motor engine. Mercedes for the Cooper S, the Cooper S was a Chrysler motor. Yeah, but the standard one, I think, it was a Mercedes engine. Mm, maybe. Yeah, yeah I, I think you might be right. Yeah, whatever. Well, uh, he's. Oops, I just did it. Um, <laughs> he's. Uh, he, that he's, wasn't for pre-war. That was just for being dumb. He's the mini expert, I guess, relatively speaking. So I would probably just I, take his word. I for just it. know what not to buy, and I know if you're going to have one, you should have an R53S. Works. Well, yeah. So I, I've had two minis. Um, the first one was a 2006 uh, Hyper Blue R50, uh, and it was uh, R50 is a code. You know, obviously BMW people know all about those. Um, but R50 was the base model. Had 124 horsepower, 1.4 liter, naturally yeah. aspirated. Um, and then I drove that for a couple of years. Um, then I found a 2006 Hyper Blue Mini Cooper S, same year, just to, just the Asperger's, with a lot more options, same color, which I loved. And uh, it was kind of everything I always wanted. So I had to buy it. I bought it. Um, and, then, and then I uh, sold the Cooper after I... Why are you making pay, that pay, pay no mind to Corey. He's our sound engineer. He's terrible. I can't... I, 
You guys are making this hard on me. Don't worry about it. It, it happens. <laughs> so, this is how Corey is. Every single podcast. In, well, we've we got a shoe go shopper. Off. We've got a gamer. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you were talking about porn earlier. And <laughs> He's just cleaning computers. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. But yeah, so I, I, the mini stuff was like hardcore. The I, both minis I highly modified and did a bunch of stuff to all like the the standard stuff among all the suspension and um, the bolt-on engine stuff, and they were my go-to. That was definitely probably the climax of my car modifying. Because now you were just, just full of innuendo. Uh, I can't I can't afford it now. My I got married and my wife's like no. Yeah, well, what do you drive car. now? You can't afford the mini. I had to sell the Mini. I wanted to keep it as a tracker. You sold the Mini to buy... I have a 2007 Porsche Cayman S. Oh, yeah. It so. sounds like you're having trouble affording a Mini. That's not I, a I can't S. afford to modify cars anymore. Oh. Uh, so, so you just had to buy a much more thing. expensive, much better Porsche. Yeah, actually, I think... I think... Yeah, no, it wasn't. The, the Porsches are actually really at a good spot right now for depreciation. Yeah, if you're looking, I know. Yeah, yeah, if you're looking for a car, it's like good performance and good looks and stuff. The Cayman, the not first generation Cayman. And you're not Cayman, modifying it also. Right. Yeah, the, the, the first generation Caymans are actually at a perfect spot right now for Cayman depreciation. S specifically, though. That actually might be. Don't a, buy the Cayman. The first that actually, Cayman. you know what? That would be probably a good question to ask people is, what it, do you feel is the best car to buy just to drive and not modify mm. based off of whatever? I mean, it has to be affordable to that, some degree. That's a tough one, man. Yeah. Like, that actually makes, like, because, like, what you say and what I say are two totally different things. Because, like, not modifying, I would probably say, uh, that, that's actually, I can't even come up with something off the top of my head. Like, at first, I'd say, like, maybe, like, a R32 Skyline. I'd say an R32 Skyline GTR. That's not affordable. Yeah, well, you, you don't relatively want to affordable. because the... But, yeah, no, you just said a Porsche Cayman, which is around the same price range. How much was that? Mm, I paid twenty six two for mine. Yeah, so that's about what a... A GTR would be, but if you get one, if Are you, you get, kidding like, me? Those I thought those things were like no, they're like thirty fours, like for like the, you have the to rare ones them though too, right? Yeah, but we have an importer in St. Paul that does mm. one, Brian Yanich from uh, ImportedVehicle.com. That doesn't count. But I mean, like, all right, twenty five so, year old imported car does not count. Well, anything, yeah. I, yeah, but everything I'm gonna say Move is gonna be twenty five years old. I understand that, Move but that's why we shouldn't visit that question. Okay, but so maybe we shouldn't do that question in the future because okay. that's that's just gonna turn into a rabbit hole. So we've established, Josh, who you are, what Dynamic PhotoWorks is, well, kind of, what you drive, what I drive. Do you want to elaborate on Dynamic PhotoWorks? Yeah, no, I, that's fine. I I, uh, I do car photography. That's kind of what I do. So um, what were you doing coming here? Like, here today yeah yeah because you just recorded a video segment yeah well yeah i mean photography is is great and uh but i also try to be diverse and trying to get a little bit more video stuff going on my youtube channel and um yeah so we're gonna work on some videos for building up kind of the minnesota car community and culture and make sure it's uh that's what the motor cult's all about man. the share you that's know, awesome shared yeah, properly, that. so yeah. that's what i want to do and that's what i'm gonna do no, it's great. I, I think it's a, a really cool idea. It's kind of what I've been doing with, like, maybe before Motor Call, when I was doing stuff with MNCC for their blog, and even when I write for other, like, websites, I try to mention Minnesota. Like, I just had an article published in S3, uh, which is a, actually a print magazine, shockingly, um, and that was about a local car as well. So it's, yeah, we're all about trying to make that happen. Was the headline in a distinctly 80s font? No, it's in this like weird wavy font that they definitely got off of. It wasn't uh, Comic Sans, was it? No, it was Papyrus. I, papyrus. No, no it, it was Papyrus. 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 No, it's one of those weird fonts that you find on like 1001fonts.com or something. Ooh. Does it have like 
Is it one of the ones where you have to decode it with like shapes and symbols? No, no, it's totally legible. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of it was like weird and like wavy looking. It kind of looked like the uh, Motorhead, uh, uh, not Motorhead, uh, Deep Purple Machine Head album cover. But anyway, um, obscurity. I know, right? <laughs> All right, let's move on what's, to the well, standard here, what's questions. What, what's your YouTube channel? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it's just I think you could search Josh Way or Dynamic Photo Works. It's just Dynamic yeah. Photo Works with an E. With an E. Totally yeah. forgot. <laughs> you should let people plug their shit up. Yeah, um, it's kind of a big deal. If you're searching for anything, Cayman, I've got a pretty highly ranked video right now. Oh, so there you go. Perfect. That's good. People Is it are, the, the Wayman? It's the Wayman. Yeah, people actually eat it up. It's the Wayman it's gaming. like me just explaining uh, my year of ownership so far. And it, uh, it's kind of gone pretty well. I should do a video explaining my year of ownership of the cheapest six-speed box dress in the country and how I'm going to sell my car. Do you it have... would blow up. It <laughs> would not do actually you blow have... up. Do you have... A vanity plate on your Cayman, and if you if you do, why is it not Hoyman? We were actually just talking about this. <laughs> so downstairs. we were just talking about this. Um, somebody came up with that. Um, his name is Drew. He, he's he's uh, you know Instagram friend of mine. He he first suggested that. I was like, that's kind of brilliant. But I know for a fact that if I did that, everyone would read it as H Wayman, and I would just look douchey. No, it'd also say Highwayman. Which is like yeah, a kind of a cool, kind of sounds, like, like Renaissance, like thief thing. I don't. Just, I was the thing is, if you're a vanity plate, you're looking like a douche, regardless of what you're driving. Mine's all like, just go ahead and do it. Well, I do worry about douchiness, but I don't have one yet, and I do have a, something in mind. Um, but I can't share that because otherwise you'd steal that idea. So no, I already have one. I got mine's a, or Jana's rather says danger zone. I am way too lazy to implement it. So well, the reason I got it was I was talking to uh, my no, actually a buddy of mine that I worked danger at zone. a buddy I worked at with when I, back in the day when I worked at MA Performance. You're talking about um, vanity plates, and he got one that said not a GTR. Or sorry, GTR killer, and he got that for his Honda no, Fit. How do you spell G- not a GTR killer? No, sorry, no, sorry, GTR K I L R. Okay, so GTR killer, not yeah. not. I, th- I a thought was killer. I thought was not a GTR, but okay. it, it was GTR killer. Um, and he put that on his like stock Honda Fit just to be hilarious because he wanted that. And I'm like, oh man, I really want a danger zone for a vanity play. That's gonna be my next play. I'm like, no, that's mine. I'm taking it. And literally, after I got off work that day, I went to the nearest DMV and registered that plate name. Yeah. And so that has forever been. No, I've I've literally <laughs> got the form already filled out on my desk at home for a vanity plate. But uh, we're gonna we, we can keep it keep it secret. Yeah, it's, we're, it's we're, totally okay. It's just I haven't pulled the trigger yet. So, mm. so we got metaphorically one, speaking. I gotta ask the first of our questions to help you discover who you are as a person. <laughs> Uh, that's what we're going to call them now. These are um, existential questions these more are, than they are guest questions. Yes, these are existential <laughs> questions. Are you slow car fast or fast car slow? Slow car fast, definitely. Okay, that's that's a correct answer. That is the definitely. correct answer. That is the correct answer. We, we, we have to vet you. Yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> that's just the way I've been all my life. Extreme vetting. It, Anyone it, who says otherwise is like, they get never been in a fast car. If, well, they, if we ever get a guest that answers the question that way, we will just escort them out and continue the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, we will continue the podcast. We have enough material saved up. Thank you, saved and up. thank you for leaving. Yeah. We, have, we have filler material. We'll just do two Patreon in, topics. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> we got plenty of filler material to right. make somebody go away. Um, <laughs> yeah, what's the top? It's on Ninja. It's good. So, <laughs> so, so, so fast. Even though you, you drive a Cayman, which is arguably a fast car. Arguably very not a fast car. Well, it's a fast car. You've clearly never been in a Cayman. It's, right. it's, it's not Does much faster. How much? What do you mean? What, was it run for a quarter mile? So it's a, what? They don't. You have a Cayman S, don't it's you? It's a Cayman S. If, it's if a it 3.4. Yeah. If that runs It's 295 like, horsepower, brake horsepower. 
It's not a fast car. If that car's over but it is. a 14.5 second quarter mile, I would put that into the fast. Uh, I don't car know what the quarter mile is. It, it's a it's, zero it's, sixty in my five Boxster seconds. My Boxster S is fast. That's Really? Yeah. yeah that, would, that would be a fast car, yeah. You guys I mean, are like... zero to 60 in like 5.1 well, seconds. You're, you're, you've got a couple other cars sitting around here that are actually kind of fast. I I've been in think a lot of fast cars. that the Boxster is probably almost as fast as the 355. Probably, actually. <laughs> that thing has... I mean, the 355 has top-end legs. Like, over 120. Right. It just keeps Basically, stealing, the thing is, the difference between a slow, a slow car and a fast car is a slow car is like getting around in traffic is fun. Like that's a car where right. you're, you you can give it well, ten and, tenths on the highway can, and not get in trouble. Like, I can yeah. get I can push my car pretty good, and it's like I don't feel like I'm getting in trouble. Okay, it doesn't so. feel like that's maybe, a thing. I don't know if I'm being like it little douchey speed, and like I've no been no in no fast you're not cars, no. but like my no, car doesn't faster. seem like fast car. I was just driving a Cayman GT4 yesterday, mm-hmm. and even that with 385 horsepower doesn't feel. Because Porsche fast. does chassis and suspension tuning so well, you don't realize what's well, happening. Well, right. It's all about yeah. car- how they carry speed. But mm-hmm. still, it's like, even I, with a, almost 100 horsepower more than mine, it still yeah. doesn't even feel And yeah, that, that's just, that's you just should an effect of a body. very good... Granted, yeah. let's just get it clear. The GT4 is like one of my favorite cars okay, of all time. Okay, so, so yeah. Well, yeah, it's manual only. Well, and it's got like GT3... I don't care about any of that. It's manual only. So well, basically, good. what like slow car fast versus fast car slow would be, it would be like... My minis. Would, would you, yeah, rather drive a base model Mini Cooper, like, you know, around, or would you rather be driving a GTR? Um, like, well, that's a good. Ex- that's actually a perfect car to, to explain because the GTR. I don't know if any of you guys are fans, but they're total crap. I actually love the GTR. They're just. Tr- have I you driven not, one? Uh, yes, and I. The what, reason Jen? you still like it? R thirty five. I've driven an R thirty five. Oh yeah, like I've driven an R thirty five, R thirty or R thirty two. The R thirty five is. Not the same car. It's fast, I, I appreciate it's so it. It's fast, I appreciate it's like you it. You look down and you see Altima buttons everywhere, and it's just like, Ugh. well, that's not what you're I've never for. driven an Altima, dude. Well, that, no, that's the thing. I've driven you're, lots of Altima. Yeah, but you're Why not you're not buying the that's GTR a, because you want to have the fanciest buttons. You're buying a GTR because you want to be able. I don't know. I just the, the package is not. I can't get over the package of the GTR. Well, yeah, but GTR, no, you're but. you're buying that because that's a is a cheaper car that can outperform. More expensive, cars. yes, and I agree. That, that's, that's, that's what that's for. What they did that's, very it's well, a, basically a Japanese Corvette, right? And it, I understand why people would not like it for yeah. the same reason that I'm not really a fan of modern Corvettes. It's just, so it's just, geeky. It, 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 it's, it's chintzy, which is, and that's geeky. To me, I'm perfectly fine with. Nick looks very perturbed with your claim about not liking modern Corvettes. Well, no, I mean, I understand. But it no longer I has get, a microphone. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I get, I get, I get the point of it. But at Corvettes the same time, they're fast too. But they're not the performance on, like, per dollar, it just yeah. But oh, that, that's certainly. the thing is like you, there's you don't buy like an F one fifty expecting to be able to have great fuel economy and great like easy well, parking. Like you just don't do that. But you also don't buy a Corvette because you want to have like super tight and you know, like really nice quality materials inside of it. You buy a Corvette because you want something to be cheap and fast. You buy a All GTR right. because you want cheap and fast and a little bit more livable. But yeah, anyway, you want an interior with it. But no, the correct answer at the end of the day is right. I do love the fast. small cars. Yes. I do <laughs> love the small cars. Like I mean, it was on Top Gear and stuff. A lot of times they brought up the small cars and like how much fun you can have thrashing a small car. And it's I do totally true. <laughs> I get it. Right. I've had two minis. I absolutely adore them. And I just actually just had the realization. I think yesterday I was talking to my wife about it. We're pulling out of Maynard's parking lot, um, and we're in the Porsche. And I'm like, boy, I love this car. 
I, I absolutely love the Porsche Cayman. Yeah, but it's a great car. But as a car, Porsche. Porsche. Okay. I got you. He said, well, I love I this car it. quote. I love the Porsche Cayman. Yeah, but it's he really. He was, he was, I would not say I that. I had to clarify. I correct people on that. So Good. anyway, though, like I was saying to her, <laughs> I, 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 I enjoy driving the Porsche Cayman S more than the Mini, but I loved the Mini more. That, like yes, follow, I know like, what you mean. The love is more with the Mini, but I I enjoy driving the Porsche more just because it's a better package. It drives better. It drives a little faster. The handling is awesome. More, way more grip. Sure. Yeah, but no, man, can... I just love that Mini. I just it was my favorite thing ever. The most fun drive I've ever had in a car was in the worst car I've ever driven in my life, which was my '89 Lasse we had for three days. Ooh, it was really bad. What? But you know what's really fun about that? Doing a burnout, listening to Skid Row, and then taking off of jumps. That's really cool. And, you and then scrapping it. And it. Well, no, giving it back to the dealership because miraculously the uh, radiator exploded before the check cleared. And I, I, nice. I couldn't understand what happened. So I also will say <laughs> that um, one of my very first cars ever was also a slow car fast. Um, it was a 1979. It was, it was a, a hand-me-down, hand-me-down. Uh, my grandpa bought it brand new. It was a Toyota Celica GT Sick. Lift oh, back. Sick. They were not the ugly Perfect. coupe ones. They were no, the, the coupes, back. there's nothing, there's and no he, ugly Celica. And he had bought two. So he bought um, two at the same time. One was a 1980 because the uh, 1980 models had just come out. Yes. And he bought that one. It was a manual. And then the 79 was mine, which I thought looked a little better. You are better. making Ryan... The 79? Right yeah. Well, actually... Actually, I vehemently disagree with the coupe being the ugliest. Pull up a picture. I, I want to I get excited I think, about it. 1979 Celica Liftback. I, I think that the, the coupe looked better than the Liftback. Oh, I totally disagree. I think it's a RA40 oh, or something. It was an R20-something motor. Yeah, see, that red, that red one. So see, I had the brown one. See, the brown one, two down. on That, that was my car. It didn't. One? The brown one. The brown one right there, yeah. Yeah, ah, the brown one. No, no, that, no, no. Now, that, see, that brown but, one right there is like... So that, that's a 1980 like that. model. I don't no, like the Sealed Beef. That's headlight. actually so a 1980. Scroll back up. Okay. Scroll back up. The yellow one is the 1979. See that ugly look at, like... Look at the red one though. Yeah. That, no, that's the coupe. No, no. The, but the back end is so ugly on the coupes. Oh, uh, get out of here. <laughs> is this the back end of that car? So like no, the no, blue that's, one... That's the, the original that's gorgeous. one. That's gorgeous. No, really that's cool. the original That's one. like an early 70s, okay. mid-70s. That's the, the RA20. Go up to the top real quick. Go up to uh, the top. Uh, and the blue one there. So yeah, that's the front end. The of and the then that's the, that's oh. the... Yeah, that's the rear end. Yeah, that looks fine. It's no, fine. It's pretty ho-hum, though. But I mean, you're in the late 70s. But I adored that car, and my brothers and my brother and I each drove. You know, these they were hand-me-downs. My grandpa. They're great cars, had, and they were awesome. I mean, we they topped out at ninety miles an hour, and they had I think ninety horsepower. Yes. And uh, yeah, but we they just, would never die because it was a twenty-hour engine. Unfortunately, ours were kind of stored on um, dirt for a lot of years, so they, so they rusted, rusted out, out. Yeah, really hard. They but... they still ran until they rusted out. That's the well, most reliable ran, engine. Mine ran. <laughs> Mine they ran, ran after they until out. doomsday when I, uh, I'm pretty sure it was my first time ever doing an oil change. Oh, no. And you didn't put any How oil How many gallons in. of oil did you put uh, back no. into it? So it wasn't that mistake. It was the other mistake that is possible. And, Which is? And I did the oil change. I put on the new filter, but I forgot to remove the old filter Oh, rig. you double gasketed it. I double gasketed it. And, uh, How was your black shower of oil? So I, right when I started it up, I didn't stop and I didn't look underneath, make sure there's no leaks, which is kind of what I do now every time. But I got right in and I took it for a drive for about a mile and I turned around and the whole way back, I'm like, that's a weird little like line of black 
oil all over the my whole route. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Funny, I didn't see that on the way out. Oh, no. And I immediately, like right when I realized it, I started hearing the ticking. <sighs> and I stopped, shut off the engine. I was like, oh, okay, everything's fried under there. Like all the gas or all the bearings and stuff. You're so, actually, you're probably fine. You could probably drive a 20 hour for like 50 miles. No, those, ca- those cars are unkillable. I've seen well, those. Yeah, so I've seen those driven with less than a quarter of oil. We towed it back. We filled it up with oil and it ran for a while yet more. And it uh, had the ticking because everything's, something's screwed up. But yep. uh, at some point years later, uh, my brother was driving it, and the whole crankcase just exploded. So, cool. Too bad you can't find a twenty R in literally any Toyota ever. Um, <laughs> so Weird. Was, yeah, uh, they made so few of those. I think that was a good first like, car, though. De- definitely, no, it, definitely wasn't used in every Toyota pickup ever until like the mid nineties. Well, they used twenty two hours. Yeah, twenty two hours. No one else is a really uncommon engine. Hmm. The Ferrari three hundred eight Quattro yes, Valvole. Yes, that is an uncommon engine. It's a very uncommon engine. So, I I introduced it last time. This is your turn. <laughs> Fair enough. So, Josh, the second standard question that we ask all guests. I like this picture staying up here. I, I'm just going to leave the silicon. Just get the, something on the front. Get no, the front no. The, anyway, that's what I like about it. Back. Question number two is what we call the Mondial Dilemma. Um, this stemmed back uh, a couple episodes ago. We had Aaron Stakowski on the podcast. He's actually the one that found this car on San Diego Craigslist. It was an 84 bright blue metallic on black Ferrari Mondial Coupe on Speedline wheels, missing an engine and transmission for six grand. Like no engine in there? Just no engine, just no car. transmission, okay. but complete car so otherwise. The question? the question, if you let me get to it, sir, is you have to pick an engine and transmission to put into it that is not the original drivetrain, but here's the stipulation. It has to be a transverse. It has to be able to physically fit in a basically four-cylinder or V8 space. So you can run like a four, six, or an eight. And it has to be um, no modifications to the actual steel of the car. So, so I have to choose and an manual. Engine. You have to yes. choose, and it has to be manual. Yes, yeah, so you have to choose Absolutely. an engine and transmission manual. that is available in a transverse application with I a manual. I would put the, uh, the Toyota motor. <laughs> you would put a 1979 Corolla R24. I think it was called, 20R. R20, a 20, 20R. 20R. Yeah, 20R with a. It's a beautiful motor. It's what, a what, what um transmission would you be able to use with that though? Because that was a rear-wheel drive only longitudinal engine. Yeah, so that was a joke. I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We don't deal I, well I, with I did. Here, do, you, do you want... Here, how about this? So just so while while you're thinking it over, we'll go over some Sounds other ideas. Good. Um, good. So I've said my rotary thing almost every episode. Yeah. But uh, one of my other ideas was a uh, 4A GE 7A FE hybrid um, with a turbo. Because if you... Interesting. If you take the... Seven, what do you take off the 7A? You take the, the block out of like a early 90s geo prism okay. with the 1.8 liter bottom end sure you can bolt on a 4a cylinder head and it basically makes a 4a stroker nice um it, those are 1.6s typically right yes normally it's a 1.6 so you take the 4a cylinder head put on the 7a block uh you can hook that up with whatever transmission you want i'd probably do the uh earlier mr2 transmissions with a slightly the shorter aw11 AW11, the first few years where they had this little bit of a shorter uh rear different or uh, final drive um, sure. And then for some power, I'd probably put on a mild turbo setup, and then make hilarious noises. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm that, glad I'm not the only one that loves turbos for the noises. Yeah, make. it's just the noises. Um, and that would actually put me at about the power that a stock Mondial would make. It'd put me at around 240, 250ish horsepower. So that was that's what I would do. Fair enough. Okay, I think I, I think I thought of something. 
Well, go motor. on because I'm not revising my perfect answer. No, I mean I don't know. I've never driven a Mondial. I know, well, I wasn't revi- revising. I, know, I was just okay. saying another. Version. I don't know what the chassis can handle, but what what I assume it's fine. One of my favorite motors it's, is the, probably the, the the new 911 GT3 RS motor. The won't fit. Yeah, it's longitudinal. It's longitudinal. Yep, it's longitudinal. No, mm. just like has to be transverse. So like. Transverse would be like, you know, Mini Cooper Civic, stuff like that. Um, MR2s even. MR2s. Okay, well then, he, used a, he used like a Sienna engine. Yeah. Like, that's his Well, idea. then I'd go with my Cooper S motor. The supercharged, you know, two or 1.4. That well, thing. They're one, sixes, aren't they? And they are 53 supercharged. See, I'm already forgetting. I'm it's, sure been it's a 1.6. You're right. <laughs> it's a 1.6. is a 165 horsepower um, stock. Keep in mind, the shell is... But with just the, over two thousand pounds without yeah, a motor it doesn't in it, weigh so, I mean it's going to weigh twenty seven okay. pounds. But then with like the that. right stuff done to the motor, like that supercharger just screams. So oh, you, it'll make you good want the supercharger. Sure. I love the supercharger noise. Okay, I would. And that just, mechanic, I would put a, so it's a it's a eaten you know twin yeah. scroll. It just screams. I love That's that a, thing. Oh yeah. So could you put a different supercharger from like a GTP or something onto sure. it? That'd be a little bit larger. I mean, it's not going to be a direct. There were people that did that on minis, but I don't think they had great success. I think ah, they had a lot okay. of issues. The superchargers are pretty good on those. They, I mean, they burn out pretty quick. I've honestly lot, not ever heard of many issues with the stock supercharger, even with the reduction pulley on it. Hmm. Yeah, with the fifteen percent, the guys who went thirteen or whatever, well, those guys had problems. over. Uh, I'm just talking about over one hundred fifty thousand miles or something. They mm. all the Teflon seals blow out, but sure. I would do like a K24 with a roots blower on it because you're getting all the best parts of the, the oh, noise. Like, of the like, like Aaron said, yeah. Yeah. I think or, that'd be a pretty good... I mean, or any Jackson Racing supercharger on any Honda engine. How about just any roots type supercharger on anything? There you go. Perfect. Like maybe that a Camry 3.3. Yeah. And that was actually your plan. I was like, <laughs> His idea was to use... Sorry, it wasn't a Sienna. It was a Camry engine, which well, is I mean, they're, they're in both Sienna. You're right. You're but right. he was going to put a TRD supercharger on that, which they actually made. For the Solara. I've been talking about Mini right so long. It's I've, an I've got an M45. It's a good one. <laughs> cool. But no, that, that's, that, that's actually... is acceptable. Yeah, yeah, that's an acceptable answer. Actually, I've not I've not heard anybody even mention get. Mini Cooper even once on the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Mini fanboy, so when it no, comes that's to totally fair. Progresses, that's, I'm like all I think we'd do like 40 MPG on the highway, too. So I'm kinda, nah, they were Chrysler motors. They were not... They're honestly... Yeah, they were dual not, overhead cam, but they were not... Most efficient. I mm, yeah, but this is a Mondial. It's not slicing through the air like a beluga whale, mm. like an R53. That's mm. very true. Uh, Mondials were. It's got very the most aerodynamic. aerodynamic wedge shapes ever. Well, not the most. No, I know. One of the. I'm being a little bit facetious. As, as I, I say, it, I'm but. pretty sure Subaru, um, the XT, like beat everybody in the 80s. Technically, if we're calling the 850 a wedge, which I think I could. That car was the most aerodynamic production car for more than 20 years. Okay, so. Yeah, because I know this, the Subaru, um, when the Subaru XT, not yeah. the SVX, but the XT, right. their 80 sports car, mm-hmm. um, when that came out, that was actually the most aerodynamic car you could buy. Sure. Like, I think until the 850 came out. Probably. It, 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 like, well, that predated it by quite a bit. It, it, like, by the way, this is the car here. Yeah. yeah, yeah yep, the I people oh, well, that's watching movie, can't yeah. see it, but yeah, I was pretty happy with it. He, he showed us a, uh, well, uh, a blue mini Cooper with a white top. Slammed with and some RSs on it. Yeah, some RSs off of 1976, I think, Nissan from Japan. Cool. Though they're stock wheels. So they're way old wheels. Cool. Um but anyway, so let's move on to uh, some of our national news here, if okay. you want to. Um, no, yeah, that's perfect. So uh, I will start here with news from Concours d'Elegance. Oh, I do like me a good Concours. Pebble, at uh, Pebble Beach, Ooh. Um, which I 
think I'm gonna be going to this year. I hope I'm, I can also join. Yeah, you. I'm. I'm gonna be going. Well, because it's uh, Nissan is the featured mark at the Historics race at Laguna Seca. Ooh, very nice. It's the first time a Japanese make has ever had that honor. I wish I hadn't um, missed the BMW one. Yeah, they've had BMW and Ferrari thus far. So yeah, you, you totally fucked up. Um, <laughs> I probably didn't own a Ferrari at the time, but BMW I definitely did. Yeah, and could I have can done promise it. you. I think they've done Mercedes as well. Um, but uh, no, at Concours Elegance, uh, Citron. Is there? Uh, what the hell are you watching? What, what, what are you watching? Why can so, I hear it? No, you can hear it. Yes, of we course. Can. Yes, the microphone trying excellent. to find a video of the mini with the, the super We all know it. I got excited about it. I wanted to hear it. <laughs> anyway, so the supercharger uh, sounds so good. <laughs> now he's pumping Whee! my microphone and everything. Anyway, there. That so was basically a mini. Uh, yes. Concours uh, this year, their featured mark is going to be Citron. Ooh. Which is actually really interesting. Should we borrow a whole bunch of Michael's cars? <laughs> well, no, actually, the interesting thing is it's not pre-war specific. Good. Yeah, which I know that you're a massive fan of. Uh, I'm going to give myself a tiny pre-war bell. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I like that bell a lot. Yeah, it's that's a, good a nice addition. bell. That's a good thing to have here. Um, but no, so they're having Citroen, and they're, they're talking about how, like, They've done more for developing cars than any other brand did. Like, yeah, Mercedes made cars a car, mm-hmm. but Citroën made cars modern. Like, between the traction Avant of the DS and the SM, you have a modern vehicle right there. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're going to be featured on the green along with uh, Tucker, the Tucker Torpedo. <laughs> Which really okay. wasn't... Uh, when you said Tucker, I wasn't sure if you were talking about Tucker yes, or Tucker. the Tucker. Yep, it'll be Tucker. It'll be all Moise cars. <laughs> Did you just say Tucker Torpedo? Yeah. That's not pre-war. That's post-war. That's Close 1948. Enough. If it the the Mark Tucker is old enough, or are you getting... No, it, no it wasn't. No, because he, he designed a helicopter... Um, is the holocopter? Helicopter. I said helicopter. Oh, okay. It sounds a helicopter, like a helicopter. You know, helicopter. He, he does, I think he developed like a... No, he developed turrets. Ooh. And the engines were actually helicopter engines. Huh. Uh, were the they turbines? No, they were boxers. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they, they, it was a uh, boxer six in the rear. So That's actually, no, that is airport. that is post war, and it was the Fine. the car. The, all the engines were Those sound yeah. weird. There's a six cylinder flat six helicopter at Blaine Airport that takes off sometimes, and every time I it takes it off, I like dope. go outside. I'm like, what? what yeah, it's this? it's really cool sounding. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. Um, so that that's really. Really huge. Uh, plus, uh, you know, Citroen and Gianna being this French car. And then yes. all the Japanese cars and stuff. And I'm sure you're going to have a Ferrari to look at there. I promise you there will be at least one Ferrari at Monterey Car Week this year. I like BMWs more than Ferraris. Well, I promise you there's also going to be a BMW. At least one. It's got to be one. Good. Like, I like BMWs. Even if it's just like a daily driven E36. Uh, Is it going to be clapped out and automatic? Probably. Anyway. Oh, man. So, I still want to go. Yeah, no, I, I really think we, we should go and, uh, you know, make, make it at a uh, business expense and have some podcasts out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can, we could at least do it in front of the recorder. It might be a little bit different sounding, but. Yeah, well, I mean, well, what we could do is, I, I know Ben from JNC is going to be there, so I can interview him. Um, and well, I just know. want to make sure it sounds good. We can definitely do that. Yeah. I mean, this kind of stuff, it can be packed. Yeah. But we know, need a table in power. So. I, I, we have a table, table in power. My Uncle Ralph lives out there. As long as he's okay with us using his shindigs. I think he'd be okay with us probably cool. going there for like an hour or two. Even if it's two. in the garage or something, it'd be fine. Well, in the garage, it'd be great because he's got his uh, yes. 78 Land Rover daily driver. Automatic his, Land Rover. Yeah, and his uh, 74 Volvo This uh, man sounds like such a massive person. 
He's like the <laughs> nicest guy on earth, and he just does not understand that those cars are both oh, very, man. very old. He's also like 95 years old. And That's fine. He's had like unlimited money since like the 60s, so. That sounds excellent. Yeah. It, it's, I it's would like, like unlimited money. Yeah, he's not had happen, an issue but. with anything and never had kids or anything, so he's just, hmm. yeah, he's totally like just doing whatever he wants. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no, I, I do hope I can go out there. That's a good get question. Now, you guys are blabbing, but like, if you had unlimited money, have you guys done this before? Like, mm-hmm. what, what's the one car you'd go buy today if you had I guess like a lotto. BMW M1, maybe. But I'm, I'm good. Other than that, I've got everything um, else already. I, one single car. Yeah, just one of your dream cars. Just one. There's the only car I could buy is just one. Yes, just one. That's an impossible question to ask. Because he asked me... Something just popped in your mind, didn't it? I guess the first thing I thought of was a Countach 25th anniversary, oh, yeah. but yeah. then immediately following that was, well, if I could get a Countach, I'd actually rather have the Suzetta Marauder V16T because that's like the Countach, but a little bit better. But then I was also like, oh, but that's what a 2000 GT. No, this is going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, no, that's a good car. Though. We're just going to go with Countach 25th anniversary. Like yeah, that. sure. Okay. Let's go with that. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. I don't even know if I would. I think I already answered my question. I don't have an answer. I'd, I'd get the Dome Zero compact, uh, concept car. Okay. All right. I'm moving on to a topic That's here. a Michael Adi design as well. Or not Michael Adi. Uh, I want to talk. design as well. <laughs> God damn. I want to talk about a topic that isn't this. Um, I want to talk about automotive ignition keys. Okay. So when cars first came out, there weren't keys. No. You Just a giant crank handle on the front. I'm like, well, will I break my wrist today or not? And then sometime in the 20s, ignition keys You did a have thing. a power switch. Sure, fine for the ignition. Yeah, I get it. But it's not a, it's not a key. Tech, yeah, keys weren't a thing when cars first came out. Not for the first almost 30 years. Mm. Yeah, there were. Didn't, didn't and like the night figure that out? It was some Cadillac the, from like the... Tool. No, no, no. That was no, the that pedal, was arrangement. pedal arrangement. No, actually, uh, no, you, you, you are right. Actually, but, it was about... It was about... Is in the 19... Was it, 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 was, it was around like the 1900s that you started to see automotive keys. 1886 but, to about 1916 yeah, so you, or... No, it was, it was like 19... Like, it, it's something that's hard to pin down. I'm talking so, about commonplace on cars, though. Not like the first oh, commonplace? appearance yeah. of ignition it was like The first the appearance T. is like 1907 or something, but yeah. I, I don't think cars commonly had them until the T. But yeah. anyway, beside the point. Back then, just like a just like a mailbox key for a P.O. box, how we envision it today. Yeah, my just a single row key. My boss's... Forty-six wheelies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got literally looks like a mailbox key. Yeah, super short, tiny, one side cut fits yep. in one way, and keys pretty much stayed that way until we'll say the seventies. In the fifties, you were able to flip them back and forth on American cars, but really? imports still were one way. I was yeah. gonna say Mercedes. I thought pioneered the double cut key, but maybe not. Cadillac. I remember. Cadillac I did. remember having seen a like. I think Mercedes original. did the the laser cut keys. First. Yeah, they definitely did for sure. Yeah, S class it up. Yeah. yeah, that was W one twenty six. All those. Oh no way! Keys, really? That's cool. I know this because I watched Gone in sixty seconds. I know this because I own those cars. <laughs> <I'm just Yeah. laughs> uh, anyway, but no, I thought it was just interesting because like they remained like largely unchanged for eighty ninety years, and then he got. This stuff, right? It's the you got switch the flip out keys, and, and then like, Mazda had that weird that, credit card key well, thing. Even like Model Three is now that's their key. It's a credit card. Yeah, like well, the, not exactly. A their card. their main key is they're kind of flat. An RFID card. Mm, yeah, okay. They have a fob too. Well, no, I mean that's what I'm saying. The fob. The Mazda. Right, most people don't care. The Mazda one was a key that was a big square, like in the mid 2000s. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And it was designed so you could fit in your well, wallet. And now, and now Unfortunately, I'm when you put it in your wallet, it would always hit the panic button. And oh the se- whenever you walk, you turn on your car alarm. Sounds Endlessly. Like, sounds like the tile so in my that's wallet. Like the Porsche so basically, key, it just turned to a big-ass normal car key. Great. It was stupid. And now the, the Model 3 is on your phone. Your phone is the key. Right. But I mean, the backup key is the card thing, which you're supposed to have with you at all times. Mm-hmm. And speaking of keys, I will say the uh, a complaint on the Porsche key. Do you have the same key? No. Jesus, I have can a much I more see poverty this Porsche key? key. This looks like so it's... the key in and of itself isn't terrible, but the problem is if it's in your pocket, mm-hmm. you hit these buttons. My keyless doesn't work. So anytime my garage is in my house, right below like my office, so like that's a terrible design. It's the highest point. Is yeah, the, the highest the points. The ridges on the key are the buttons. So. If it's in my pocket, all the doors are open. It's unlocked, Great. and all the the, t- uh, the hatch and the frunk are open yeah, because you bump the keys. The highest point <laughs> is the frunk. So I've gotten the into highest habit. point. Wow. I'm holding this uh, Porsche key in I'm my hand. I'm suddenly very glad it's my buttons don't work. The stupidest key ever. Yeah, no, I would a love a terrible key. Take the battery out of it. Yeah. No, no I've gotten in the habit of just like when I get home, I take the key out and put it on like the little table because I've been tired of my battery. Taking so a hit. my my question is, what do you guys have on your keys? Because yours is just bare. I have because I take it off all the time. I have my bottle opener, which I always have with me, and then I have my key, and then I have my key tag because I currently own four different Hondas. What and is? They, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I have my key tag as the name of my car, and then so what it's from kind the of dealership you just bought it. Yeah, well, I just got to it's the a call. dealer. T- it's yeah, an it's inventory dealer, tag. Yeah, it's an inventory tag. But I always have these on me because I have a bunch of cars all seen next oh, to each that's other. Fair, yeah, and I own four. Yeah, four. Especially different... if it's a Volkswagen Group key, then they're all the exact same. No, but it's that's the, the same Mazda, thing. Right? Yeah, that's that's my Mazda. That's my daily. But okay. I've got I've got a eighty eight, an eighty nine, a ni- and a ninety one Honda Civic. So sorry, three Hondas. Yeah. Of the same era. That actually is a pet peeve of mine. With so keys, they're identical. Is like take Volkswagen Group for instance. Audi, Porsche, Volkswagen, or you know, all these. Oh, sorry, whoa! And all these cars—they all have the exact same keys, except for the stupid logo on the back. Yeah. But like, really, like, why can't you just make it a little different, just for, just for difference sake, you know? It's really know. expensive. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have a set today. of keys on me right now, so, so I can't so, tell so, you. So they make a little bit less than their billions of dollars in That's, revenue. That, that is yeah. true, and especially oh, with, especially no. with, a, with a luxury car where you have a crazy high profit margin. Yeah. Because shockingly, a Audi like A4 does not cost any more than to produce than say a Passat. Shocking. So, or I guess a Jetta would be the right, but we, we get what yeah. you're saying. But uh, yeah, so no, there. Uh, it has been it's been really interesting seeing like how keys have changed, and especially looking at like my weird collection of cars where I have like all my cars from the '80s and like my like modern daily driver and stuff like up until I had my Mazda, I never had a car with a button that actually worked. Like my Subaru did have a key fob on it. Yeah. It was just weird because it was like 1986 and a key fob from like a normal car manufacturer. Do you guys prefer the key, like the manufacturers that have a key separate from the actual fob? Like it's yes. two elements. Yes. Do I do. I that? do prefer that. Um, but I mean, that's something that that's something though. we're never going to see that again. Yeah, no, I know. No. And that's that's fair. But that was a thing with a lot of manufacturers for a long time. Yeah, and that's how my Subaru was. I had this, like, horrible-looking key fob that did not work unless you were three feet away from the car, and my personally never worked. Yep. The cars are engineered without keyless in mind. Yeah, no, that is exactly it. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's incredible. I I, mean, the more, the most modern keys, like a 7 Series or something, it's like, it's, you have to charge the damn thing every day. What? It's got got a full screen, a touch screen on it, a color touch screen. That's ridiculous. You turn on your climate control. It doesn't have to charge every day. It charges in the car. 
So oh, it, it does, does have to charge every day. That's totally ridiculous. But um, the, I mean, the thing is, like, it's a miniature smartphone, yeah. and it's almost the size of like a ten-year-old smartphone. I'm actually surprised that Mitsubishi doesn't do like the separate key fob because, like, their cars the they do like they make some really basic cars. <laughs> like, I would they would be which the are great, by the way. Yeah, the Mirage actually is the best Mitsubishi. We've discussed this previously. But is it the best car ever? No, 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 it's no, no. The best it's currently a, sold. Currently, Mitsubishi, the best Mitsubishi. It's only so they only make like two cars though. Well, no, they make they make the. Uh, the Outlander, garbage. the garbage. Mirage. Oh, wait, not garbage. Not garbage. And then the Eclipse Cross. Garbage. Which is garbage. The Eclipse Cross? Is that like yeah, the yeah. Eclipse? Is that no, a, it's. Is it's a, re- you, haven't, you haven't heard about this? No, I don't they research Mitsubishi. I know they make well, no, TVs. But, yeah, yeah, but this is like, research Mitsubishi. Yeah, this has been kind of like a big deal thing that's been happening. Is they basically <laughs> they took the ever Mitsubishi. Well, no, I mean, like, it, it, I was. I'm just surprised you didn't see it, like on your Facebook feed or something. But basically, Mitsubishi, <laughs> um, they brought back the Eclipse name as a crossover. Okay. Just, I, like, why are we talking about Mitsubishi? These are but, like the stupidest well, cars. But how are how is that not very off-putting to you? Yeah. All right. So Hearing let's the say Eclipse. the new Porsche 911 crossover. <laughs> <laughs> like, doesn't that like if they named no, no, no. the if they, what if they brought back the Macan and they called it a 928 or a 356? Oh, like what if they brought no. what if they made the Macan and called it a 356? Would oh, that well, not like make you feel wasn't gross? Anything really actually that special? But it, that's not yes, the point. And yes, it was. It was. It Are you an idiot? Yes, it was. particularly special. No. Yes, it was. The first two generations, the DSM Eclipse, were great cars. Those cars held... Those They held... Like, if you have to explain it, I'd say it's not that special. Well, you know, it's also not that special. You're darn right it is a good car. I tell you what. No, the, the Cayman isn't a very special car either. Because it's just a not good 911. Well... Well, See now you have to explain it. No, there's no any any anybody <laughs> ever makes a fucking statement. You have to explain your reasoning because not everybody's gonna have the same oh, agreement. Well, not Ryan everybody agrees. Off. It's just the not best. everybody agrees very that. Very defensive. I, do you drive well, a Mitsubishi? I I no, I don't. Okay. I. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gonna make damn sure people. Sorry, he's gonna make damn sure people understand that no, they're wait, good cars. No, the, th- <laughs> the thing is, no, the the, the Eclipse like Mitsubishi Ooh, does. The they car. they held a place. Mitsubishi. In the automotive pantheon, in the Eclipse especially, because the Eclipse, yeah, I mean, in the that, nosebleeds, but no, fuck yeah. off, no, <laughs> like, no, in the in the history of like Japanese cars, the Eclipse is a very important car because that's a car. This is the first time a like a imported. I cannot a have Japanese. A, this level I, of eye contact is immense. I know Mitsubishi no, has had some no the first very time, good cars. Well, definitely. No, th- all right, so the Eclipse specifically, like in the nineteen eighties, nineties. That was the first time that there was a Japanese sports car that legitimately outperformed everything else that it was competing against. Yeah, that's true. So it was a that's turning a point. very, Absolutely. very when important. When the DSM vehicle. came along, look at the landscape of Japanese cars. Yes, like that is a that is a <laughs> groundbreaking tragic. car. Like yeah. I do. I, am I a big fan of them? Do I want to own one? No, not at all. But I mean, like I still like give respect where it's due. Do I really like? Mustangs? Not really. Do I understand how important the Mustang is? Yes, it's a very important car. So, it, yeah, anybody that really, frankly, has any clue about Japanese cars will understand how important that is. Same thing with like something like a Celica. That's another car that was especially a, like a 1979 Celica. Well, not really. That was kind of, that was kind of the Moise Celica, but I mean, like, still, like that car. That car kept it going. Though. That hurt. I tried. Well, no, I mean, it was still a really good car, though. But I mean, like the the early Celicas were very important vehicles. 
Anyway, no, let's, let's talk about so, the shitty news uh, clips. Yeah, so the new Eclipse Cross. The Can you shit, pull up a picture of that? Because I got. Yes. Oh, it is. What is it called? It is just. It's eclipse called the Eclipse Cross. cross. Yeah, it is just tragic. Okay. It, it really. Yeah, like, I don't think I've ever even seen a picture of it. And I, I've seen one ever in real life, and Burger saw another one, and they were both I the saw same one. color. Yeah, I think it might have been the same vehicle. Well, that doesn't look so bad. Uh, You're right. It doesn't. Does that's it the look, only thing that does it looks like a GM product. Does it look like an Eclipse though? Yeah. Now, <laughs> now Google a. So why are they? Is there any explanation as to why they call it the Eclipse Cross? Cause probably because they already globally trademarked the name Eclipse, and it was easy. Actually, just that is out of ease entirely and... why they. Yeah, they wanted to. They wanted to sell it to millennials based off the that's name. Affordable. Twenty three two ninety five before destination and gas guzzler. Yeah. Gas so um, no, but the thing is, is they named it the Eclipse to try and like catch millennials' attention, because sure. apparently we wouldn't notice the difference between a sports car. And a fucking crossover. Ryan, I'm gonna need Nos. Yeah, I know. We right? need two of them. Anyway, and, uh, I'm so gonna need them by tonight. The reviews have been coming in with the Eclipse Cross. Are they um, good? <laughs> I'm guessing no. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're they're not good at all. Actually, okay. um, good. <laughs> Eric uh, Ayapanya, oh, no, uh, from okay. uh, Motor Trend, wrote, "Quote." Um, Collectively, they rate meh in both performance and daily use. If there were ever a car that would absolutely need to check my phone in during a straight line <laughs> test, this would be the car to do it in. <laughs> so, so we're talking like Fiat 500 NA speeds then. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's a 9.5 seconds, 0 to 60. Okay, yeah, that's considerably slower than my E. Now, they're, they're saying that this is a fairly sporty... Um, they're saying that this is a fairly sporty crossover. Sure. Which I By comparison, with. I just need to get, get you some numbers to equate this to. Sure. A base model first generation Dodge Neon. Oh, okay. With the small engine, the little two-liter. Oh, that was a terrible engine, too. Did a 8.6 with an automatic transmission. <laughs> That's actually not that bad. <laughs> no, Neons are actually kind of good cars. Um, just nobody knows about it. Um, the, they would like you to believe otherwise, but they're actually that pretty decent. No, I, I know they are. Um, but yeah, no, Motor Trend just lambasted them. Um, and then Car and Driver, being a little bit more thorough, uh, as they do, um, were not any kinder. Um, and they, pu- they published some numbers kind. here. Uh, yeah, more kind. But they published some numbers. The Eclipse Cross weighs 3,516 pounds, which is precisely 250 pounds. How many metric tuckers is that? It's an eighth of a ton. More. So like three. It, no, it's an eighth of a ton more than the outgoing Outlander Sport that oh they had. Oh, my good, Isn't that based on the Outlander Sport? It's the successor. So it's supposed to be sportier by being heavier. So since it's a heavier vehicle, so all right, I, I do have to explain this. So, Josh, um, the Eclipse Cross, um, we, we just said while you were away. Um, he was emptying his loins yes, into the was. toilet. Uh, they published. Do what you got to do. What, what they <laughs> said on Motor Trend was, they rate collectively meh in performance and daily use testing. That's if like their official is meh? Yeah. Um, they wrote, this is literally a quote from them. If there were ever a situation where I absolutely need to check my phone while doing a straight line test, this would be the car to do it in. Hmm. Uh, the 0 to 60 time was 9.5 seconds. Which, which was is pretty hot numbers 20 years ago. 30, 40, 50 years ago. Right. Um, a Which in 1976 19, would have been considered pretty brisk. <laughs> right. A 1997 Dodge Neon base model with an automatic transmission and a two-liter engine 
has 1.1 seconds on the zero to 60 time and did it in 8.6. So sorry, how, no, 0.9 I seconds. Mean, it is affordable. I'm looking at that number there. It, it's fairly affordable. It looks like it's got a big powertrain warranty. You know, but... but, but it, Here, it, I scrolled like past they, all that. But why would people choose this over something That's what better? everybody is asking. Um, so oh, it car, has an app. Car and Driver, oh, what they said, um, <laughs> what Car and Driver said was, unless they heavily uh, discount the car with like with oh, look, rebates. Head up Ryan, look yep. at the HUD. It's so tacked on. It's really bad. Like It's, it's like really, one of those really cheap bad. Chinese clock things. It's really bad, yeah. It's a piece, it's okay, for the look audio the listeners. Look at the five even looks like it's It's a smaller. piece of plexiglass yes, it is a different about font. six <laughs> inches wide by four inches tall that is sticking out in front of your field of vision that cannot be removed. Right. In Monument Valley. In Monument Valley and it's showing 25 MPH, which is perfectly legal, I believe, there. It's probably the speed. <laughs> You're looking at like a four miles straight and he's going 25 miles and an hour. Can, <laughs> we, can we talk about all the unused space on that heads up display as well? Head up display. Or, sorry, head up display where it just says 25 miles yeah. per hour. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure, size 12 I'm font. Sure it's got space for nav and everything. But, uh-huh. but they probably didn't have the money to implement it. So. Like if you look yeah. at a business card, the average font on that business card is about the same size as that 25 miles per hour. Anyway, so they got to some of the power numbers here. So it was, 25, or it was 250 pounds heavier than the outgoing Outlander Sport. And it had 152 horsepower in it, which oh is exactly uh, 16 less than the outgoing Outlander Sport. Seriously. So it's, it's supposed, and they're marketing it as... Fewer? Yeah, whatever. Uh, is they're marketing still a Mercedes or a, a Mitsubishi engine? Like yeah, it's still yeah, there. Is, yeah. But so the thing it's is, probably is a Mirage engine. They're, they're marketing this to be a sporty, fun crossover. What is sporty about being slower and heavier in every way? There's oh, nothing... Dude. They're 1.5 turbocharged. Yeah, and they I don't know uh, what that engine is. Well, um, maybe I should go work for them. I'd make them more money than whoever they got marketing their stuff now. Uh, yeah, I know, right? You can have any level you want as long as it's red. So, uh, no, a car and driver just they they're usually pretty. Okay, they reamed them. Yo, they totally look at that zero percent financing. For okay, I need to months. close this tab because clearly Josh is looking at all, all the wrong information. But it's just interesting. Uh, they need to beg people to pay. Yeah, no. This is my I first would, time on your show, but I would do you not guys always that. bring up like just terrible cars to talk about. Yeah, usually it's kind okay. of fun. Um, <laughs> we really we're very misanthropic here. Well, so I understand like rooting for the underdog car. No, like, you guys are not. You're just ripping on. We don't rip crappy. on everyone because okay. like, well, Mitsubishi. I whenever they do something terrible, I want them, everybody to know because I want Mitsubishi to be like, you know learn that's what i'm saying like i can literally go to work for them and make a better car exactly it's really bad like we don't talk about all the bad cars because it doesn't look bad no as a car it looks fine it looks fine and they put a hundred percent of their r&d budget into the design of the vehicle and actually i mean the reason behind that mitsubishi is really hurting for money right now and it's much easier to design now yeah well (laughs) always forever yeah it's much easier to design a car that looks really aesthetically pleasing and get people in the door with rebates than it is to um, actually like go into designing a whole new platform from the ground up for engine and everything and like get everything worked out. It's also the first year, so hopefully they'll get some more power and stuff. But you know, people also were hoping for that with the CRZ, and we saw that went unfortunately um, very poorly. Yes, the Honda. Yeah, the Honda yeah, CRZ. The Honda. Yeah. Thing I had it's actually a pretty good car. I, yeah, no, they were great cars. They're just very slow. Not marketed um, well either. No, like the new modern, modern ones, the hybrid ones, right? Yeah, the hybrid one, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so enough negativity here. Um, yeah. 
Let's bring up a Patreon topic. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, I want to bring up one again from Scott. Tucker is actually going to come on as a guest in a couple of weeks, so we're going to skip his lack of topics for the meantime. Yes. So, again, this is from Scott. And if you want to have a Patreon topic... Uh, we do still have a Patreon. You just go into Patreon, you go yeah. forward slash motor call. You'll yep. find us, and you'll see the two very modest levels there. One's a buck fifty a month, and that's just to buy us beers for the show. Then there's one that's five dollars. Said a dollar fifty. Dollar fifty. A dollar fifty a month, or five dollars. Yeah, I don't have it in yen. And if you get them, you get a fantastic motor cult sticker, which has our logo on it, which is awesome. And you get to add Ryan will hand it to you if you're yes. local. Otherwise, I, I have no way of doing that. Yes, and you, you, option but two. But you do have to come to us. <laughs> you do. But we will give them to you. <laughs> You're entitled to it. Whether or not you collect it, that's not on us. And then tier two is five bucks a month, and that gives you the opportunity to share with us some topics. Can yeah, I just interject? Can you What's get up? this thing off the screen because it's bugging me? Yeah, see? Yeah, see, yeah, yeah there Let you go. Let me bring you back to the <laughs> 0% financing, No, no, bro. go back to the, to the Celicas Oh, okay. Something. I do yeah. still have... Oh, no, that's the danger that, zone. That's better. That's better. The danger zone. We'll have a I'll picture of Archer. Yeah, yeah, anyway, we're on Patreon forward slash Motor Cult. Look us up. Uh... Today's topic, what are the differences in cars and car culture between public perception and reality? And he states an example, the general public's obsession with Tesla motors versus how enthusiasts see it, or versus how the cars actually are. I chose this one just because, A, a lot of them are basically full episodes, yes. and this one wasn't. Thank God. <laughs> and B, because it touches on Tesla, and... Um, I was actually talking with Scott last week. He found a podcast that was EV only. No way. And it was, yeah, and it was Tesla only. Oh. And it actually, like, rated fairly highly. So, like... Highly? Well, I mean, like, on iTunes, people went and clicked and reviewed it. Okay. A lot. Okay. People listened to it. I thought that was interesting. Um, it'd be interesting to do a segment on nothing but EV, but, I mean, you would run out of content way too fast. Yes, I mean basically really to do a podcast like that, or even to have it as a major topic, you would have to like go research all of the bad things that happen to EVs all over the place. No, it, <laughs> and touch on all of those. I, I feel like it's probably rife with neg negativity. I've not heard it though. But I mean, people uh, they 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 don't treat Tesla. And I'm touching on them because it's part of the example. They don't treat them as a car company. They treat them as like a, a, a tech, tech company. company. Yeah, because it's like I'm gonna go stand in line and put a deposit down on this. On the iPhone the car. iPhone X right. or the yeah. Tesla, yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of get that because I'm one of those guys that has waited in line many times for Apple products in the past. So I get it, but like, I don't understand how the line is drawn between Tesla and like gasoline car manufacturers, even other EV manufacturers. So I, I guess that that's the difference. I mean, it's Tesla is seen not as a car company as much as they are like a tech company, and it touches, okay, I see that. it grabs on a different like demographic. And even the same demographics that might be cross shopping these things, it like it pulls a completely portion, a different portion of kind of their personality and what they're looking for to do the exact same job. And I I haven't had that dilemma. I haven't really cross shopped like a Model S and a anything else on Earth. Yeah, whatever yeah. the hell's in the same demographic, I don't even know. But I see the thing, Tesla to me, I have the same love for them that I do for Duesenberg. Sure. Um, <laughs> because, well, it's for the same reason. I know. It's because they're making the biggest, best, most expensive. Well, it's not really the most expensive, but it's the same concept. Yeah, it's a lot like of cases they, they are. are going out of their way to give you the best thing right. that they can possibly make, cost right. be damned. Yeah. And I, I love do, I do very much like appreciate that. that. Absolutely. That's, like, that's my favorite thing about a car. 
And a lot of these cars, a lot of these cars that I really like, it's not a matter of, oh, it outperformed everybody by using like push rods, which is like fine. Um, I I like seeing things where it's, they did something different and it may or may not have worked. Like, yeah, Tesla is just, I see them as like what a true luxury car manufacturer should be. Right. Where you are just making the most perfect creation that you can do. With right. your current technology. Like we can do this, so we're gonna... Yeah. Like, oh. I wouldn't call Tesla a luxury car manufacturer. Well, I would... I was just giving them kind of as an example. Yeah. We'll call like them a Highline, though. That, that's what... They're Highline. Yeah, they're Highline. That's definitely true, but I, th- I feel like that's what they should... But if you've ever ridden that's in one, they're not like... They're it's a nice better. Been in the them. new yeah. ones with the newer seats are better, but they're far from My brother's luxury. P90D Ludacris is a nice car, but it's a right. optioned Accord interior. Right. And, and well, that's the other thing. It's like a, a Duesenberg back in the day. I was <laughs> <laughs> um, waiting for it. It's like the swear that, that, that was, <laughs> you know, it had a lot of really cool things. But at the same time, there were things that Mercedes and Rolls-Royce and Hispano Suiza, they were all doing better. But <laughs> nobody was doing a complete package that could do everything that they could. Right. And that's kind of sure. how I feel about to, you see kind of where I'm coming from? Sure. So maybe the word luxury might not have been the best option. Yeah. No, I mean, the Teslas, from my perspective, I do like I do like what they're doing. I think they're doing good things. I mean, I, whether or not electric cars are, are the future or not is yet to kind of be known. I think electrified cars are. I, battery electric cars I do not think are, though. Right. But then, but But as far as the culture around Teslas go, the people are actually awesome. You know, like, oh, I was mm-hmm. going to say the yes. opposite. I, well, I've I actually, met a lot. I've met once you get nice. past the people when they are trying to explain their their vanity plates, they're good people. <laughs> you like, never get past that function. I get yeah. bored before I get the 45 minutes done of the vanity plate. But they're plate. interested in speed. Zero interest- gas and carbon neutral. Yeah. Yeah, got a <laughs> That's cool what I'm saying. Once you get plant. past that, I've had really exp- good experiences. You have more, more car enthusiasts. And, and they're serious about their cars. Huh? Have you ever gone to an all-EV meet? I've I've heard I've oh, heard about God. that. I, I went to one last year. It's horrifying. Was it full yeah. of granola and earth tone socks? Dude, it was so bad. <laughs> I found one person there that was tolerable. Oh, I talked God. to them. It I Okay, like maybe again. the true enthusiasts who go to those meets, like maybe stay away it, from them. It will but happen, like, but the early adopters are all deeply, deeply unpleasant folks. Okay. And <laughs> in a sense of car ownership. I mean they're I'm sure, sure. they're fabulous people. But, no, uh, I know. I, I've just had good experiences with a lot of them because they're they're serious about cars. They enjoy their cars. They like you know they like going fast and um, they take care of their stuff. Like I have not met a Tesla owner that has not had you know full clear bra and all the you know they do everything they do to maintain it and like they're actually serious about stuff. My brother, My, minus Eric and his brother. I I see. What I find what what interests me more about a car owner than you know their their clear bra and stuff like that is do they own the car because they want to like take care of it and keep it pristine or do they own it because they love it and they want to well just like drive the piss out of it because i'd rather have the latter like in which there i do need a lot of tesla people that are like that who buys a combustion car to just drive the piss out of it i mean not many everybody in this room right now not many 
Well, n- yeah, but we're not talking about John Q. Public. We're talking about car enthusiasts. Okay. Well, that, that, there you go. Of course, we're talking about this Jane is, Q. Doe. Yeah. This is also the Completely the difference in the public perception, the reality of it. So y- you are right. There, there is you do get a lot of those people that which are like, look at my Tesla. It's a P seventy five, or it's sorry, it's a Tesla seventy five D or sixty D. It's a base model. It's great. I think it's seventy. Is yeah. seventy the base now? No, I no think the sixty. The sixty uh, is the base model. It is a seventy. Yeah, yeah. But they D. Two in the battery oh, range, okay. even though it's the same pack. So yeah, like you do have those people that like do that, but then you also have people that are, uh, I want to drive the ever living shit out of it. So yeah, that True. that that is a very good point yeah. that you made. That there's a lot of people like that. I mean, I, yeah, I, I've driven up a couple of them, and they're 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 moderate to drive. I, I, as a passenger, I always get a headache. I always get sick. Always. If you got somebody who's being aggressive on it like for some reason the torque just yeah, it's so you. smooth i don't know what it is about it exactly but i always get a headache every time you, i you ride you don't you don't have that initial kind of like well you can't up. count on it because right. you can't hear it so i always just feel like I, i'm gonna throw up like if you I'm do gonna, two consecutive ludicrous launches you feel it's just like oh i kill. just feel like yeah. yeah where's the barf bag i they don't come with those no, I'm that should be an option. You've got to provide your own. <laughs> yeah. Tesla branded. They you know. should you know, do having, it. Having had friends that had like really fast drag, drag cars and stuff and like been in the car with them, yeah. it, it feels like that. And I actually, I love that feeling. Right. Like, the rush is intense. Yeah. It's an amazing feeling. It's a really intense rush. And, you know, the thing is, you're not going to be doing that every single day. But, um, right. you know, another uh, difference in car culture uh, between public reception and reality is uh, I'm gonna have to say like import people, like not like not like import people like um, BMWs and stuff, but like Japanese import people. Sure. Because even to that, like that's or really, I guess you can say that for like anybody. Because Porsche people, I'm sure you have a different reality of what they're really like. Because I'm actually I'm, before I even get to import people, what are Porsche people like in real life and real, like compared to how we see them? Uh. Um, yeah, there's definitely kind of a stigma. I mean, um, I today I couldn't tell, like I was driving today, in fact, and there's a guy in this rusted out Mazda uh, protege, um, and he was the passenger and he looked like a thug and he looked at me. I looked at him. He, I could instantly tell he was judging me. Yeah. And, and then he the like Ferrari. literally <laughs> like it. sucked up a loogie, spit it right out in front of my car. I thought he would like barely miss my car. And wow. I, and I could tell he literally was doing it just because he was judging me. And I'm like, like I, I'll just flip those people I, off and keep right on driving. See, but then he would have just actually spit on my car, like directly at my car. So go wash it. I don't want to wash some dude's nasty. And he had a cigarette and it was going to be all smelly. Actually, do you, did you have any like cash in your pocket? No, but I had a gun in my pocket. Oh, so. that's different. See, in, in that situation, I've done things like that. Um, you follow them to the next stoplight, you pull up next to them, you roll your window down, you hand them a dollar, and you say, it looks like you need this more than me. And oh, then you yeah. drive away. <laughs> Make this motion out the window while you're making direct eye contact. Right. <laughs> That'll get them. No, I mean, so yeah, there, there are those people who definitely judge, but they judge anyone with a nice car. Um, but as a whole, my experience with Porsche people is that they are all a pretty serious family. They all are uh, very genuine, and they like to help each other out. So. Yeah, I think most Porsche owners are pretty good people. Uh, I feel like 911 Turbo S cab owners are the worst people in the entire world. Though. That's very true. That was my, that was going to be my point. Um, like I usually wave when I see a Porsche. 
um, mostly sports, you know, like 9-11s or boxers or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Cayman's the people, the people in the came or the Cayennes and the Macans, they never notice you. They well, like those they are soccer even, moms. They're they're yeah whatever they're, they are. Yeah, the crossovers. Like, we are we have not and the no association and the turbo S nine elevens for whatever so, reason they are not enthusiasts. They're right. people buying a spec sheet. The sure. the people that drive the Macan are people who when they were before they had kids they had a three fifty Z convertible because it was cool. And now they've got kids. They still want to have a cool, quote unquote, car. Right. And so they, they are bought a cars. car that says Porsche on it, yeah. but it's really just a Q5. I mean, I would, if I had the money, I would buy my wife a Macan. I think that'd be a perfect car for her. Like, I honestly, it's a Does great it have car. a power shift? Can we yeah, kick him off know. the podcast for saying that he'd buy his wife a uh, crossover? No, but we can definitely disown him if he does it. Yes. Um, Crossovers, boo. Yeah. Get her a wagon. Yes. Porsche doesn't make a wagon except for one that costs like a hundred buy a Porsche. 000. Problem solved. Yeah, there's other brands. You know, there's other brands in the world. I really love. You know what my wife actually wants, Eric? What? I don't know if you'd be proud of her or not, but she actually genuinely would love. I well, I, I guess a two series now, but a convertible two series. Okay. She would love it. Like she it. loves it. Great. Just do it. They're not yeah, expensive. Anything, you can get a two-year-old yeah, CPO two series yeah, for don't nothing. Don't get a not do nothing. Not buy a four-cylinder one. Yeah, Unless like, so you've got like, like a thousand-year warranty. Don't the, don't the Macan's have the 2OT in it? No. Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. I was say, if the Macan's got a 2OT in it, I would stay as far away from that as possible. The base were. Macan is a four-cylinder. The oh, base it's Macan a 2OT. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a four-cylinder. Really? Like, how badly do you want right. your wife to The base, you? it's just called Macan. The <laughs> Macan S comes with the whatever Yeah, it, is, it might one. be. It might be like the higher tune. might be a Golf R engine. If it's a Golf R, it's okay, but if it's just the normal 2OT, yeah, which no, I imagine is... The Golf is R engine still a different? TSI. They're all the same. Ooh. What is the base Macan engine, Nick? The 2L. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> do not do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do that. No, I would never do that. No, they've got like catastrophic you know makes a really changes. catastrophically bad 2-liter turbo engine even worse? Putting in a very aggressive state of tune on it. And, and put putting it into it in a heavy hands, vehicle. In a heavy vehicle in the hands of somebody that's probably going to not put premium fuel on it. No, they, uh, <laughs> it, like, basically every single mechanical component of the 2-liter turbo, like, TSI, FSI engine, has a very high failure rate. Hmm. So, it's a big problem with those. Right. Those are terrible engines. Yeah, well, BMW doesn't make an M3 wagon, so... They make a three cool. series wagon. Yeah, which and it's is fabulous. Fine. My yeah. mother has a 328D M Sport wagon. But they don't like make an E90 M3 bomb. wagon. Who cares? Who cares about the M3? Who cares? It's a great car. We were just talking like, to Nick. He, uh, he's he got a not M3, which is has the performance pack, performance pack. Oh, yeah. I know they're great. I know they're great. Yeah, I mean. It's a 2 OT. I would definitely like Eric. I know you love Mr. Wags. He's the best car ever. I do love the car. It's It's a beautiful car, it's everything you need it to be. And, it's reliable, uh, it's fast, it's practical, it gets good right. fuel economy. And so it looks good. An, another another brand, the new ones. Another kind of culture I want to mention before we go to whatever Burger brings up um, for his culture would be um, <laughs> I want to talk about like import people because everybody assumes that they're literally all either like insert extra from the Fast and Furious one or like a drift row. And that could not be further from the truth. The majority are, um, are the majority are just like normal people that actually are the same people that would like any other performance car, but they like their Japanese brands for whatever reason. They're either they're more reliable or they're you know they grew up with them. But there's they're a little bit more down to earth. I've noticed, but they're still the sort of people 
that you can have a conversation with. I noticed Josh waggling his hand slightly as you say What do you think that. about that? I don't know. Import people are tough to nail down. I can never well, figure that's them a, out. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, it's, well, it, as it, we're also talking vague stereotypes. We're right talking now. Japanese, the, JDM stuff, yeah, right? JDM. Okay. Yeah, JDM. Yeah, like JDM my, my culture I come from. Like my M3. Mm. So, so like, mm. it, it's it, everybody assumes that they're going to be like huge bros about it and everything. Like, yeah, dude, I like to vape and I like to have my big exhaust and my... Subaru and my 350Z goes sideways, man. When you bring up import people, all I think of, and this is not a knock on his show, but MNCEC. Like, it's just kind of like, it's chaos. You, miss you, you both think both? of chaos, yeah. I think of chaos. And, and I do think of vaping a little bit. No, it's but true. But it's like, I don't know. Well, the true enthusiast Japan, you know, Japanese domestic, or, uh, import people are just, they're, they're is, different. The people that are really into it, um, they're, they honestly really are just the same as like, Porsche or BMW people, they just literally have like the same mindset. Yeah. I just don't so. think there's a lot of actually great budget uh, Japanese imports right now. Like new ones back in the day. I mean, new ones? we had no, all the cool ones, no. Type R stuff no, and all the cool ones, stuff. Not anymore. Um, it, it's just, I mean, it's, you it's had, sad. You get in a the, Barth or you get an ST Fiesta. Yeah, like I'm. A, right. I'm a diehard Toyota and Honda guy. And oh, I love them. Right now, I'm driving. I drive a Mazda five minivan yeah. because that, that was the closest thing that fitted my needs. My needs. I wanted a manual wagon that right. had an and Honda suspension. did and, just come out with the new R finally in America, and it looks horrendous. But it was it looks crazy ugly. But it was <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, it was. Isn't it designed and built in Europe though? Yes, it is. It's yeah. all made in England. Yeah. It's, in made, just, it's in made in England since the EP3 of the early 2000s. They're yeah. charging an additional $5 for every uh, body design element that they put on the car. Yeah, so. no, my little brother has a EP3, I think the Honda Civic Si, the, the hatchback yeah. ones. Awesome little car. Yeah. He kind of destroyed it by doing way too much. He supercharged it and did all this crap. And that's it. fine. No, no, I'm, but I'm it's like fine with that as long as it's, it's actually It's a, it's a brick now. It doesn't actually move. It's oh. stuck. But oh, great. But it's a, it was a great car. And I think that was like the last of the great SIs. I I also have to say the FD2, uh, the 2010 or so sedan was really EM1. good. EM1. EM1 was the original one is the best by far, but the FD2 I think captured a lot of that same spirit, especially with the, the Mugen edition 2010. Mm. Like it's just fantastic. Like that one had a little bit more of a crazy body kit, but it wasn't over the top. Right. And actually, I think the if I could find myself a Mugen SI and not have to worry about being stolen, I'd be driving one right now. I just always worry about being stolen. Um, and that crackling here is Burger eating a chip three <laughs> feet away from the microphone. I to leave um, back, but it's not working. <laughs> anyway, here, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. I got to do interesting engineering real quick. It's to be discreet, but it don't work. Uh, yeah, now you have a mouthful of food. Let's, um, and now you can't talk about your culture. So, um, yes, I can. We're gonna we're gonna run we're gonna escape over three thirty five by automatic JB four owners and then the rest of the BMW culture which is good. <laughs> so base model uh, three series owners which are all douchebags. No bags. no that's the three twenty eight that's a Corey's car that's good. Oh okay three thirty five is the higher end non M three series the turbo ones mm. but it's the people that migrated from Volkswagens and Audis and Japanese cars. And they're doing oh, it's the, all the cheapest, it's... worst mods on these ludicrously expensive to maintain cars that have fabulous engines. But they, and then they complain about maintenance. The car, there, there won't be any like half like in okay in fifteen years there will be a bunch of really good three thirty fives and there will be an abundance none of, of the ones that are currently tuned. Yeah, that's actually that's it. That's BMW culture done. Also, Ferrari culture. I guess I should touch on everyone's yes. terrible. Don't ever hang out with Ferrari people. That's it. That's a fact. Um, it's a real, real fact. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I've met only just a few actual Ferrari owners yeah. that I enjoy They're spending time with. Horrible people. I've, you know who's actually those people, surprisingly though. okay? 100% of the people I've met with Lamborghinis are actually really yeah. nice. Yeah. I've never met somebody with a Lamborghini. Mm, well, no, sorry. I would There's, be able to. I know I'd one guy with an underground racing Lamborghini, which is a oh, total yeah. dickhole. But everybody else is super nice. And I've yet to see. Like, like a person like with like a normal Lamborghini that's actually like a dick because I'm thinking like um, awesome and a few other guys it's I know because like Lamborghini from, cheeses. Well, the thing is the Are people the people that get Lamborghini like they have a sense of humor about their car. Yeah, like they they don't get it because they want the best whatever and that kind of makes you a. Partic- I'm not gonna bring this guy up his name up, but there is a guy that is not. Is it Blen Plorben? <laughs> no, no, not that one. But there's oh. another individual who's. I can't speak to that, but I'm gonna. I, I, yeah, there's one Lamborghini owner who is a douche. So much of an interesting human being. I'll, I'm probably. I'll I never didn't hear the know show, you but, could oh in, the, in the no, lease it, agreement. I didn't think you could wrap a car. Well, so, oh, that guy's fine. But anyway, um, I was just making a joke. No, there's um. So all right, my thing is with fine. Lamborghinis and stuff. The ratio of douchebag owners compared to Ferrari owners uh-huh. is way lower. Um, that's why I'm a little bit better with Lamborghini people. Um, you have a Porsche. I want to talk about a very interesting Porsche thing for interesting engineering oh, subject. Nice. Yes. I really wish we had bumper music for this. Um, uh, well, do you know don't. what the Porsche 547 engine is? I don't think so. That was the dual-overed cam engine that they made in the 1950s for the original 356 Carrera. Okay. And it was a really wild engine. Um, basically, it's not their four cam motor, is it? That was their four cam from okay. the, just yeah. the 50s. I literally just met a guy with the three five six four cam the other day. That's an amazing engine. It's an amazing uh, engine, and it's extremely valuable. Yes. Oh my God, are they? They're worth more than the he told me. Alone, he told me the engine alone it was worth about a half a million dollars. Yeah. The, well, that's that's what that's he said. You could literally find a broken one. Measure it all up in a laser scanner and mill one out of billet for less. Than it's not worth a half a million dollars. That was in, it, like fifty thousand. Fifty thousand probably. That's realistic for it. This is yeah. The car, the whole car he said was pushing a million. Oh, the whole car, yes. And he said the motor is that, that could be doable if yeah. it's the right the right options, the color and everything. But anyway, the five four seven engine. Basically, what Porsche did is they uh, were getting more serious about winning races, and they were originally running Volkswagen air cooled engines, and they just basically gave one of their engineers, Ernst Furman, a blank check and said, all right, have at it. And what he came up with was a dual over cam, 700, or sorry, 7,000 RPM, over 7,000 RPM, 100 horsepower per liter, flat four in like 1953 so or something. So it's a 50s S2000. Basically. Um, but it, like, it was running like twin carbs and uh, was dual over cam, but it didn't use a timing belt or a timing chain. It uses really complicated set of bevel gears. Um, I, I have, bet that thing sounds just dirty. It sounds amazing. I have a link to yep, a picture, not here. the bring trailer click, but the one below the click uh, link, the one right below it. Um, if you want to bring that up, yeah, I'm working on it. But yeah, no, they have this wildly overcomplicated uh, timing bevel set. Thing. Oh wow! There's jack shafts, jack Whoa. shafts on jack shafts on jack shafts. So the way it works is you have that's amazing. I like this. You have three jack shafts that it's um, three BMW motorcycle drives. Yeah, you have three jack shafts that go off of a single cog in the center of the 
uh, camshaft. Oh, my God. One goes to the oil pump, the one that kind of disappears in that picture. That goes to the oil pump. You have one that goes to the left bank and one goes to the right bank. Then from that bank of cylinders, you basically have like uh, a differential that sends power. We have another uh, bevel gear set. Another, yeah. yeah, another bevel gear set that sends power to the uh, other set of cams, yeah, I believe. The intake cams. Yeah, to the intake cams. And then it does that on both sides. And then it's just, and then you have the fuel pump, which is run off of uh, the crank pulley as well. Is that injected or still carbureted? It's carbureted, oh, but right, in a mechanical pump. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. a mechanical pump. But it's like... I've seen 50s small blocks. Anyway, uh, it's astoundingly overcomplicated. And since that's in the direct center of the engine, um, to adjust timing, it is 40 plus hours of labor. And that's warranty time. That's if you had one under warranty from Porsche and you needed to adjust timing for whatever reason. I'm actually more surprised that a 1953 Porsche had a manufacturer warranty. They they did. And most did, cars did. I guess that, like, that'd be a good topic, like, actually. Like, like, would how be, would I, do warranties? I can't imagine it was more than like one year. Yeah, no, it was, like, I think it was like a week or something. I was going to say like probably like seven to 30 days or something, something like but just anyway, to make sure it's not completely boned. The, there's a, to rebuild the engine... It was yeah. over a hundred hours, and it was an interference engine. And if you, if of you, course, it if, was. if you fuck it up, like wow. you're just throwing like thousands of dollars out the window. Um, yeah, there's like like a handful of technicians. I think there's like five of them that can work on them these days. Um, They're probably all dead. Yeah, probably. Like the majority are. But uh, yeah, no, the car its first race won the Miglia in 1953. Um, Mille Miglia. Mille Miglia. <laughs> it won the Targa Florio five times overall. Uh, had 16 class wins at Le Mans. Look at those valve covers. I know. Aren't those amazing? Look Dude, at that O-ringed tube where the oh, bevel yeah, they, gear shaft had, goes uh, through. That's they amazing. Had, <laughs> they had twin spark and two distributors, too. So Were they Magneto or they... They were actually distributors. Okay. Yeah. So they, they had, like, their points distributors. Sure. Distributors. Um, it's amazing they would have gone to all that effort and not used, like, aircraft Magnetos just for giggles. I know, right? Um, that's incredible. Yeah, it's not. It's just a wild engine. So uh, we're pouring over old documents. Yeah, we're we're, we're we're looking at pictures of them right now. But and there's a photo of it as it exploded on a dyno, probably at <laughs> yeah. full throttle with no exhaust manifold. No on exhaust it. manifold. So all right, this is what it won. So it had the Milli Miglia, the Targa Florio, um, Mille Miglia. Si- sixteen class wins at Le Mans, which is just insane. Le Mans. I am. In you should other, just let me handle the Italian and French words. Sure. In all other <laughs> classes, it had um, nine, 900 competing drivers that had uh, it raced in over 8,000 professional races in the 1950s with over, with over 1,000 like, first-place wins. Wow. Um, twice as many, easily, class wins. Uh, the, this one chassis, uh, 550A-0116, had um, 32 overall race victories in the United States alone, which makes that probably the single most winning Porsche of all time, which is just insane. But yeah, so that is our interesting engineering of the week. Nice. I do like this segment. Yeah, I, I kind of want to talk. Uh, next week, maybe I'll talk about... Um, Torsen limited slip differentials. Yes, I do not want to have to do every single one of these. <laughs> well, I mean, you just, just so far have written them down before I even get to the notes. So if you ever don't do it, I'll fill it in. Sure, go for it. Because <laughs> I think these are just like really interesting. I always am researching for weird sure. stuff for work, Oh, I like so. the links too. Yeah. I mean, these old photos in this Bring a Trailer article are super cool. Yeah, Bring a Trailer. It was actually that original article that uh, 
prompted me to make uh, this be part of the segment. And um, yeah, I did some more research on it. It's just, it's really, really wild. But the yeah, 50s uh, were an interesting time, that's for darn sure. The uh-huh. 50s, yeah. I would so say, much better than the period of time before the 50s. Uh, wh- all right, so what do you think would be... We'll get into that topic later. <laughs> anyway, on that bombshell, um, the 50s being one of the most interesting times for automotive. Oh, we I can agree that on that. That was at Amelia Island in 2016. I was there. I saw that car. The yes. photo is a torn apart Porsche race car with one of these engines on its side. I think he's talking but about I, it the was one above it. It was the one. It's the 59 Porsche He's talking about the partially obscured. Oh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I think on that bombshell, if you had anything <laughs> okay. else to say, Burger. Nope. That's the, uh, are, that's that the is last it. topic. Josh, so thank you very much. No, yes, thank, thank you guys. Thank you for coming on. Awesome. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was awesome. Of course. Take care, fellas. Right. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.